regardless of who you've let to be a spiritual voice in your life, none of them trump the Word of God. I don't care how spiritual they may be, and that includes me. That includes me. And uh, what you may think of them and how you may lift them up and praise them, none of them trumps the book, the Bible, the Word of God. And uh, I believe that's going to be, it's important, but it's becoming more important and more so in America probably than any other place. One reason is all of us has such free access to the Bible. Bible's probably everybody that I'm speaking to here this morning is under the sound of my voice. Probably owns two or three Bibles. Maybe more. Got them on your phones. Got them. You know, they're just at our, our fingertips at all times. That's important. But just, just because it's available doesn't mean that we take the, the advantage of that. Take out the time. Search it out. Dig out those golden nuggets. To dig out the truth about topics and subjects. Our lesson's talking about the reflecting of holiness. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about it, talk about parts of the lesson. Uh, but there's, there's, you know, there's also, there's different opinions about holiness. To some, it's just an outward appearance. And if they're not careful, they make holiness their God. Instead of knowing and loving the God, and the Scripture calls it sometimes this, true holiness. So if the Scripture lets us know there is a true holiness, then there is a possibility of a false holiness. God's help. Oh, how we need it. To... Uh, Rightly divide the Word of God. To, to know this God. To love this God. We studied the lesson a few weeks ago on Noah. A part of building of that, that ship. Amen. He had to put pitch on the inside as well as on the outside. That pitch was a type of substance of tar that would help this wood. Amen. Where it's put together and even on the outward, inward parts, that he would not allow those elements that would cause the ship to drown. If I could put it that way. <laughs> or take on water and sink. A lot of times the scriptures likens unto us as vessels. We're vessels on the sea of life. We're going we're gonna to come in encounters with storms. These storms can be both in the physical realm. They can be in the spiritual realm. But they're storms. And our goal, amen, is to finish this journey. I've had to deal to a certain measure this past week with the doctrine of eternal salvation. It's been on my mind, and uh, especially since a few days ago. And in, in the right setting, eternal, et eternal salvation is true. But we're not there. We haven't attained that yet. That's what we're trying to obtain. That's what we're setting out on this journey. 
spiritual team. And this is why that the foundation's got to be laid right, the launching pad. And then from that point, as the writer Paul instructed us, take heed how you build there upon. And uh, so as we watch this reflecting holiness word today, and uh, the writer, probably not to the degree I'm going to say that I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to go more into the New Testament. We're going to talk about certain chapters, and time may, may get us here on some of this, but um, we're going to do our best, amen, to, to help us to understand uh, this journey of holiness, this journey of presenting this vessel, this, this body, one place a writer says, you know, it encouraged us to present this body holy and acceptable unto God. When God purchased us, when God bought us, when we, when we surrendered our, our lives unto the Lord, when we cast our lot with Him and we sold out and we started the process, as you know, dying is the first thing you've got to do. Uh, we, we understand the importance of John 3 and, and the importance of being born again of the water and of the Spirit. He took the teacher, amen, Nicodemus, and he told him, amen. He, he quickly went from the teaching. Well, why? Why did he take Nicodemus so quick to, to, to such a topic subject? Because regardless of how awesome the teacher might be, how educated the teacher, how, how astounding he may blow our minds with the ability to quote and the ability to pull resources from all different directions and put sermonettes or sermons or speeches together without experiencing a man, the birth of the water and the spirit, all of that learning and all of that skill and talent and ability is in vain. It's empty. It's void. It's lacking. Now they can agree and disagree and everybody can do with that what they want to, but it's still the book. And there's the problem. It's not really a problem, but that's the issue. And so even, even as we watch this here and um, this true holiness, because we got to work on both areas. We got to work on that on the inside as well as that on the outside. One cannot be overlooked, amen, neither one can be overlooked. But both of them, amen, has to be uh, uh, dealt with. And as we're on this journey, it comes and goes. And, and life, even Brother Ford mentioned about life itself and the things that can happen to us. And, and so the things that we encounter in life and the, the people that we encounter, the, the places we go, all of these can take a part and play a part in our lives, what we humble or give or submit ourselves to. And uh, that's what helped mold us and shapes us. And, and so as we talk about this here, and it begins, it says, because God makes us holy, we must live a life that reflects His Holiness. God makes us holy. <laughs> Be holy for I am holy. I'd love to tell you that God makes us holy. That's not the true statement. We have the opportunity. We have by the Holy Ghost. Now we receive. Not only have we got the fallen nature and the law of sin. The spirit of the law. man. Now we got another spirit. Another law. That comes, and that's the law, amen, of the Spirit of God that will speak to us and guide us and comfort us and strengthen us that we can live an overcoming and victorious life 
in this present world. And without it, it is impossible, amen, to live this godly, holy life within and without. Can you live this, what we call, in, in, as holy life on the outside without it? You can. Now you all ain't going to agree with that. But you can't conform yourself. You can discipline yourself. You can, amen, by, by your own self-abilities to reach a point in place to feel like, hey, I've arrived. I fast twice a week. Pay tithes off of my, all my increase. See, that's where the Pharisees are at. That spirit didn't die. It's still alive and well today. We don't call them Pharisees and Sadducees, but it's still alive and well today that I conform myself unto what I believe. But we know the Scriptures told us that we must believe on Him as the Scriptures have said. It's not just left open to us in our own conscience. I know, and I've made this statement before, two of the main topics, and I bet you can name both of them already, that nobody really wants to talk about, they say. That it's, it's a personal thing. But yet, that's the most two powerful authorities and, and things that rules our lives in this world and in that one to come. It's politics and God. Well, it's amazing how the enemy can slip in and persuade people that, hey, let's don't talk about this. Let's, don't, let's, let's just let it take care of itself. Well, it won't take care of itself. And those are the things that we must get involved in. Those are the things that we must demand. Uh, we're going to be held accountable to it. So anyway, I'm trying not to. But anyway, First Peter's our focus verses this morning. First Peter's 15 to 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. That covers a lot. On the inward and outward. You know, uh, I've heard people that tell me, well, it really doesn't matter about my hair. And it really doesn't matter about this. Well, you better talk to God about it. Because the 11th chapter had a lot to say about hair. And it drawed some lines between the two. And if we'd have held on to some of those things and, and kept them even in America, we wouldn't be battling with some spirits that we're battling with today. They wouldn't have the hope and the strangle hope they got upon this nation. I know I'm serving a sovereign God. I've heard this statement. Well, your, your days is numbered and all this, but that's not what the Bible says necessarily. The Bible actually gives me the instructions that I can add or shorten my days. There's a lot of doctrines and a lot of statements out in the world out there that's not backed up with a book. I know it's a point. And we're all going to die except those caught in the rapture. But I'm telling you this morning also, one of the first promises we get in Ephesians, is the sixth chapter I believe it is, man is the children that obey their parents in the Lord. They can add or shorten their days. Upon this earth. And not only are they adding or shortening their days. Those days can have blessings with them. 
Why are you saying all this? What's, what's... Well, because this holiness standard that we feel the Word of God has given us, we're slipping away from it. Slipping out from under us. So somebody's got to stand in the gap. Gap's not the easiest place to stand. Hmm. Anybody ever try to herd up some cows and you got good fencing except you got one gap and huh, that's where they're all headed and guess who's got who's to stand the gap? Hmm. So that's the same way spiritually speaking and in a lot of other areas. And so as we, we talk about this, the reflecting uh, I said, hey, I'm going to look up the word reflect. Let's see. It means to throw back light. It's reflect. So if, if we're going to be a Christian, they were first called Christians in Antioch. Christian is to be what? Christ-like. Christ means the anointed one. That's the reason Jesus Christ was called the Christ. He was the anointed one. So you and I become the anointed ones and following the doctrines and teachings and footsteps. There's no greater example outside the, the chief cornerstone. We have, we have them. We have them our own here, mentors and things of that nature. But the bottom line, when you really get down to some topics and issues, the best thing that you and I can do is go back to the Word of God and go back to the chief cornerstone. And to listen to cure to those, amen. Now watch this, even the apostles, the disciples of Jesus Christ, there were certain requirements, amen, before they could even be qualified to be voted on to take the place of Judas. They had to be eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ. They had to be walked with him in that three and a half years of his ministry. They had to see him, amen, when he was alive and when he had died and in his resurrection. And without these, amen, they could not even be, their names couldn't even be considered, amen, to take the place of Judas. Go back and read it. I've heard some people say that Paul ought to take that place, but I beg the difference where he didn't meet those qualifications. You see, when it comes, we don't have problems with qualifying and disqualifying people, amen, for jobs and positions. And there's some things that shouldn't disqualify them and some things that ought to qualify them. But when it comes to holiness and it comes to church and living for God, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, we've reached a place, amen, where it, it you know, everybody, you know, and the Bible, it, it, it has. Paul instructed us, Philippians, the second chapter, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But it's not left open to just do what you desire and when and how you want it. No, you got to work it out. How are you going to work it out? Through the Word through prayer, through the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost. Because that's the only way you can keep a clear conscience. That's the only way you can keep a healthy mind and a, a true walk with God. And so when we begin to talk about this, this throwback light, watch this. To form an image of. Basically, you and I and everybody that calls himself a Christian. Notice how I put that. With or without the Holy Ghost, if you call yourself a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you are required by the Word of God to, to walk in the reflection of none other but Jesus Christ. You and I, that's our goal, is to be and walk like Jesus. How many of you remember the little band that came out here several, several years ago, you know? What would Jesus do? I believe it was on it. Or how would Jesus, some, some of that nature. You know, they wore these little bands and all, and they became real popular. They kind of faded out now. 
A lot of those things come in and fade out and all because man's always trying to look for means and ways to to bring that about. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to beat that up. I'm just simply telling you that uh, you're going to see that this morning when you go to Romans 8 chapter. That is really the only thing that kept governs and, and gives us the authority and the ability, amen, is the spirit, that measure of the spirit of God, amen, that helps us. That's the reason that you and I, and you're going to see that in this lesson, amen, that we haven't attained the fullness of salvation, but we're on a journey to attain that, amen. And without his spirit, we're none of his. And without his spirit, we don't have a really a real clue of how to attain that. It goes from this, and, and as he talks, and we're going to go back, we're going to talk about numbers, actually 13 and 14 probably to a certain degree. Uh, but watch this. The third definition of reflect. To manifest as a result of one's actions. Now you can look this up in the dictionary. I ain't I trying to make this. I ain't trying to pull no, you know, on nobody. That's pretty awesome when you look it up and you start reading. Huh. So we're supposed to be the reflect, reflection of His holiness. That's the reason we respond to things different than the way the world does. That's the reason we walk different than the way the world walks. That's the reason you and I, and we're going to see it in this lesson, you can't walk in the flesh and in the spirit. That's the reason in this lesson we're going to learn that everybody's got a cross and you can't serve two masters. Huh. When you really begin to look at the scriptures, it really helps you to understand that uh, when I make the statement, and I made it just in the last few weeks, it's going to mean something to be caught out of this world. It's going to mean something to be saved at the end of this journey. I thought about it, didn't go back and look at it, but the Old Testament taught us how easy it is to become unclean. How easy can it be touching a dead person or a dead thing, brushing it? But over a period of time and, and seasons, uh, we've watched even this nation is awesome as much as we love her. Her morals and morality has took a, such an incline. So we could raise up this generation probably from about 15 years of age and could snatch them back about 50 years. It would blow their minds. The difference between what that generation this generation considers sin. You know what brought that along? Lack of a knowledge of the word of God. And the standing in the pulpits. And spiritual leaders across this nation. Of staying together. The Bible is very clear. That it ought not have been no isms and schisms in the body. But the Bible is very clear that it's only one body. There's really no such thing as, as all of these different. And, and I know it's going out in the airways. And there's no telling who's listening to me this morning. But I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you like it is. Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is experience. There is a difference. Apostolic doctrine. Amen. We've got too many people that jumps the book of Acts and go straight into writings and letters that was written to people that didn't experience the book of Acts. What I'm simply trying to get us to understand this morning, amen, without this true experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you cannot bring the reflection of true holiness. You can live a holy life in the outward part, but there's still the lacking on the inside. 
That's a reason clean cut, good looking, whatever it might be, can go out there and commit some of the most hideous crimes on the face of the earth because that outward appearance didn't make them holy on the inside to, to help them keep them from performing and doing things that's so ungodly and so evil. Because we have a mentality sometimes to think, well, he's so clean cut. I've heard the statement. Amen. He's this and he was that or she. Amen. So, so, so we're talking about a holiness this morning. Amen. That goes much further than just the outward. Not to exempt the outward. It takes the balance. It takes the balance between the two. We're going to learn in a lesson today, amen, some very important things that, that's happening even among us here today. As you watch the episode, and you know this story probably as well, if not better than I do this morning, and there's a time that they was being called out. The writer begins to talk about it as he talks about with Moses, and you can go all the way back to Genesis, and, and you see the first writings there of Genesis In the writings there of Genesis where the promise was given to Abraham. And he promised him. Now, if you back up into that 12th chapter and, and you're going to see where, where Pharaoh and where God delivered Abram and Sarah from Pharaoh. If you go back, this is a time that he was going. I want to point out a couple of things, okay? And I forgot the exact verses. I, I was going to put them down, but I, I didn't do it. But, uh, but when Every time it was mentioned about Abram going, the famine, he's on his journey, the Ur of Chaldeans, and he's making his journey. He's headed south. It always says south. But then when it talks about Egypt, when God instructs him because of the famine, and he talks about Egypt, it makes this statement, going down to Egypt. And so the battle and in the heartbeat of this lesson this morning is actually the luring and the pulling of this world. Amen. Enticing, amen, godly, called out people that set on their mind, their heart, and their spirit. I want to go to heaven. Let me tell you something. Going to heaven is an uphill climb. Every day. I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Paul's writings wrote unto us, we became as soldiers. We are in a warfare. We're in a spiritual battle every single day of our lives. I, I've realized in the last few weeks, this very pr principle, amen, that I instruct people and try to help people when they come to me and we're talking and and, and especially those that's addicted to drugs. And I'm not picking on that. That's, but that's one that's having such an effect and impact upon our society. And come on, we're not all, we're not ignorant of that. That's, that's the truth. And so I tell them, I said, you got to wake up every morning, amen, with this on your mind. I'm not going down that pathway. I'm not going to be enticed. I'm not going to run with them buddies. I'm not going to get in the automobile with them. I'm not going to, if they call me, I'm not going to talk to them. If I know they're still in in. I know that they're going to entice me. I'm cutting all ties with them. That's what dying means. That's the difference between what some preach and believe out there because if you never die out to carnality, 
If you never die in the flesh, if you never put yourself on that altar and die to it, you don't really know what it means not to live by the carnal mind and the carnal methods. But we are taught by the Word of God that carnality is hostile against God. And I will tell you something, as long as uh, the Holy Ghost is in these earthen vessels, you've got to deal with carnality. I can't get away from it. And so this is some of the reason that's having such an impact upon our world today. Of the difference between righteousness and holiness. And what's accepted and what's not accepted. <laughs> Man, I could start drawing the lines if you want me to. One time where we pretty much everybody stood about certain things. But now the water's gotten muddy. You ever try to look in muddy water? It's muddy enough. It doesn't matter how far under the surface it is. You can't see it. But you watch this. There's some places even in our ocean that you can literally see just, just, just depthness because it's clear. My God have mercy. God's not confused. The Word of God's not. It's mad that's messing up stuff. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time for a cleansing, before there ever is really going to be a healing of the Spirit and a healing of the heart, there must be a cleansing. The only thing that can cleanse us is the blood of Christ. The only thing that can cleanse us is when we confess and die out to it. True repentance means making a bout face. You know, when people say that I'm sorry and they just keep right on doing it, they weren't sorry. He didn't mean that for a second. It's the difference between getting caught sorry. What they're sorry about is, is they got caught and they got to pay a price for it. But godly sorrow, amen, is whenever you get to a place, I'm not going back. You got to, you got to resist it. You got to fight against it. Now, I'm trying not to get in, jump too many rabbits here, but, you know, it's amazing. God, God's so amazing. Uh, there's some things that God cleans and wash and purge us of. And, and if we'll stay with it, we won't, we won't have struggle with that. We won't. But if we're prone and subject to pick it back up, first news you know. And that's also spirits as well as things in the world. How many of you really like, I ain't asking for a response. But how many of you really like the old self? How many wants to really go back and be the old man? No. How many ever dealt with the old man trying to be the old man? No. We probably did this morning. <laughs> and so we're all in the same boat. Now, I, I wouldn't say we're all on the same, we're on the journey, but maybe everybody's journey is not the same. You may be exposed to some things that I'm not. You may be drawn or tempted to some of the things that I'm not, but then likewise, I'm right the opposite, okay? And so, the devil knows this, and God knows this. I believe the Lord helped me, and, and this statement... He's the potter with the clay. And the potter knows the clay. I don't know, you don't know, but God knows. And so you just put it in God's hand. And so as we watch this, 
our passion and desire at becoming born-again Christians is the reflection of Jesus Christ, of how to handle situations, how to respond to them, how to conduct ourselves. And the, the focus verse, all manner of conversation. It covers everything. It covers how you dress. Did you know you can dress a certain way without saying a word? Your, your appearance tells the story. out of their houses with jambers on. But it don't bother them today. Calloused. Becoming so calloused. Hollywood's helped bring that on. Because see, where our homes were so protected at one time, my mom and dad even though they may not have known the fullness of truth, they understood some principles. And um, there were some things that went on in our community back when we was boys that I didn't know nothing about until I was married and out of the house. And people, and they're nothing about that. I don't know. You didn't hear that. Some people says, well, and, and they may not really believe this, but, but you know, I never heard my mom and daddy ever argue openly. I'm sure they had their arguments. But even, even at nighttime, I had never in all my days, and I, had, I got some brothers that can help back this up. So what are you saying? There were some things in, in, that was protected, that we was protected from. Even the good old America, what made a miracle as strong as she was and as powerful as she was. And it was some spirits that was kept out. Telling you there's some, some things that we don't need to let on the shores of our, our country. There's some things that the White House don't need to bow down to. I don't care who they are. I don't care whose son they are, whose daughter they are. That includes mine. If they're walking in the wrong spirit and bringing about and jeopardizing everybody, I'm going to tell you something. Nobody's welcome to come in here and bring in a cage full of rattlesnakes. I, you, you can like that or not. I don't care who they are to you. Well, we need to feel the same way about spirits. That must be a disorder of the spirits and know how to deal with them because they're more deadly than a rattlesnake. They're more destructive. And true holiness starts with the spirit. True holiness starts in the heart and works its way out. That's the true reflection. That's the reason we're warned against backbiting. That's the reason we're warned against envy and strife and bitterness and jealousy. Jealousy is cruel as a grave. These are spiritual things. They're not as easily detected. And so they can slip in. A good thief is somebody can come in and rob some of your most precious valuables. And you don't even know he's been there. You don't even know he's done it. And as far as religion, that's exactly what's happened to America.
You and I would be shocked this morning of what may be standing in some pulpits across America. It's just been a slow process. It's kind of like the Word of God. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. And so the devil, you know, when you can't beat the one that you're warring against, you learn to start practicing what he does and how he achieves things. But for a different purpose and a different reason. Devil really don't care how godly you dress as long as the heart's not changed and the spirit of the mind is not changed. And that doesn't mean that some believe that you can just dress any old way or not at all. I don't want to be so focused on that. So let's, let's watch. Why, why is all this so important? What's, what's happening here? What's, what's really taking place? And, and um, um, even, even with us now. The writer went back in the time of the call of Abram himself. And, and, and I done mentioned about already how God had stepped up for, for Abram and fault for him and then the next chapter it, it's a time with a lot and and lot a man was carried but uh, the call that was placed upon him here about uh, a man his the land the land the promise the promise of the land and so it was a promise they knew this the Israelites knew that this land had been promised to Abraham even though Abraham never set foot on it and uh, you know what we're part of this now and it's not necessarily the earthly land that we're a part of, but we're looking for a city. A city that wasn't made by man, but a city that was made by God. Hmm. Because that's what Abraham was looking for. That was the promise. But when you slip on over into Numbers, and here... Our, our lesson text, especially the 14th chapter, it really begins to pick up. If you go back to the 13th chapter, you see that there was notable men, elders, that was picked out of every tribe. They were going to be sent as spies, amen, into the promised land to observe and look and to uh, see what this land had to offer them. Now, they had already knew that God had promised them that this land's going to flow with milk and honey. And uh, let, me, let me say this. That should, should have been enough that without even sending spies, if God said it flows with milk and honey, let's go. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what seas or rivers or whatever we got to cross, let's go. That's the, that's the same way today. If we're going to live for God... The price is not too great. Don't, let, don't listen to that voice. Don't listen to that voice. Well, I can't dress like that. You get the Holy Ghost, you can. See, that's the problem. Too many gets the cart ahead of the horse. They try to get it all mouthed out and worked out with their own reasoning and their own ability. I preached it Sunday night. 
That's the reason the Holy Ghost and that measure of the Spirit comes. So it can reason with us as earthen vessels. Hey, I'd love to tell you we got it made and it's a sealed deal and there's no way I can lose it. But that's not the truth. Because if that be the case, then why would we worry about being tempted? Why are we worried about Peter writing to us and saying being sober-minded and vigilant? Why? Because you got an adversary that can rob you of your inheritance. I can lose this thing. But now... Got. Now watch this. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, the most precious thing you've got is the Word of God. It's the written, this is the most tangible thing <laughs> until you receive the Holy Ghost that you've got. And if you'll read it and fall in love with it, I'm telling you this will lead you to the fullness of God. This will instruct you, let every man be a liar and God be truth. That's in every topic. In every subject. Okay. So they knew of this promise. And so they sent these spies. One from each tribe. And so when they come back. Scripture says a lot about them. We know. But as you watch in this 14th chapter. Some some things I'm going to bring out to us. Especially in the first nine verses. Watch this. Now, they just got the report about the land. And, and they was more focused upon the giants, size of the cities, and the walls of the city. Now, watch this. They, they, did any of them see the giants? Did any of them see the cities? What did they see? What did they see? Sees a big cluster of grapes. That's what they, they saw the fruits from the promised land. Oh, God, help me here. We got enough fruits, amen, sitting in heavenly places that assures me that I want to go to heaven at whatever cost. Felt enough, I've heard enough, experienced enough to know. Even if there wasn't any place called the lake of fire. I'd much rather go to heaven and to a new city than just go back to dust. The fruit alone is all they saw. But they was taking the testimony of ten and the Bible called it an evil report. Doctrines of men that's not according to the Bible, they're evil reports. They're supposedly ministers of light, but they're of the devil. They're of a deceiving spirit. They're traditions of men. And whenever the doctrines that's taught in any church, any place that calls it a place of the house of God, don't say it won't happen. Because when Jesus came in his own temple, he had to take a whip in, he had to kick tables. Said you've made my temple house a den of thieves and robbers. You have commercialized. You've made it a money thing. You know why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. That's not just out there in the world and the casinos. My Lord. But that's that's so true in churches. That's reason. We can't be hirelings. 
You don't need just a pastor not to be a hireling. You've got to become not a hireling. You've got to make up in your mind for my family's sake and for myself. I'm not going to be a hireling. I'm not selling out. I done been bought. And if this one don't want to go and if that one don't want to go, I'm going to save myself from this untoward generation because that's the only chance not only for me but for whoever else that may want to go. You may backslide over this, but what about everybody else? Reflecting holiness. True holiness. You see, holiness is holy when nothing else will. True holiness. It'll hold the soundness of the mind, the health of the mind. It'll be that voice Brother Ford mentioned about the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. You know what one translation says about that? Any other voice. Any other, watch this. It connects. Any other two voices. Because it took two witnesses to cause a man to be put to death. This here overrides any other two witnesses that's false witnesses every single time. Even Jesus Christ, they couldn't find a witness against him. Even Pilate said, I know there's no guile found in him. There's no, no unrighteous. I can't find it. They had to get false witnesses to come because they couldn't find any true witnesses. And we'll tell you something. We've got to have witnesses when that day comes. And that's got to be the witness of the word, the spirit, and the blood. Thank God for it. Thank God for the revelation of it. Amen. Because once this blood's been activated, there's life in the blood. It's life in the blood. Amen. That's a reason. Amen. That's a reason no, no vegetation would work for a sacrifice. There's no life in that. Life is in the blood. That's a reason it took a lamb. Amen. From the very beginning of time. That's a reason it took a lamb called Jesus Christ. And it had to be a spotless lamb. And so, when they came back, they believe the evil report. And, and, and so watch the response here. All the congregation. All the congregation. Lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. They wept that night. All night. I wonder what would happen if they did took on that same emotions and passion and turned it to the Jehovah God. And turned it toward that temple. Why are we so prone and subject with this fallen nature to cave in and to give in? Because... It's a challenge the other way. And sometimes you may even feel like you're all by yourself and all alone. I'm going to tell you something. I believe the Lord's it's quick to me about something, and I'm going to I've asked God even for this service to help me, maybe if we come tonight, uh, preach or teach on it some. You know why I believe that some of this end time falling away is? To live the life of, of holiness and separation 
You've got to have a personal relationship and encounter with God. You can't survive off of the overspill of others' anointing. You can't survive off of the overspill of others' prayers and sacrifices. Sooner or later, you're going to reach a test. It's going to come a moment in your life. If you don't have that companionship with this almighty God, you won't survive the test. You do with that what you want to. That's the reason we got to be careful, and I'm for them. I'm for them 100%. Let's have, let's have meetings. Let's have conferences. Let's have whatever. And to help us have it, we need to have more of it here probably. But if I got to have one of them every night to sustain me, then I'm lacking. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You're just surviving off a spillover. And when you stand on judgment day, the true holiness that's required on the inside and reflects itself on the outside shows up. We've all been in those services where man, I believe I can swing over hell on a wet noodle and take the devil on with a toothpick. And then wake up the next morning. That's the truth. And so here, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel mumbled against Moses and against Aaron. What they ought to have been doing is mumbling against those ten evil spies. It's amazing when, 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 when people, when you get crossed up with God, one of the first people you want to attack is your spiritual leaders. That cover more than just your pastor. They cover other people. Parents, grandparents, brother, sister, kinfolks, somebody at work. Because they played a role in your life. So that tendency, you know. The whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God we had died in this wilderness. Instead of taking on the challenge. Of going a man across to the other side. And attaining what God. We'd much rather go back. Okay, put it this way. Drawn by your own lust and enticement. That's the reason. Please don't. Don't. That's the reason people, when they become addicted to something, they'll sell out their homes, they'll sell out their families, they'll sell out everything for one more fix, for one more false feeling. So they're saying here, we'd much rather, we'd much rather go back. And you know, it's amazing how, how the devil can blind us. They glorified when they was in the wilderness. And they was having funeral after funeral. 
glorifying a man. And they, they, they forgot a man who had fed them and watered them. And they complained about it. We're tired of this manna. Then he gave them meat and quail and they got tired of that. I'll tell you something, don't ever get tired of holiness. Don't ever get tired of resisting, amen, the, the pull of the world and the lust of the world and the things of the world. And that, that's not as easy as done today as it used to be. Amen. At one time, amen, in America, it wasn't no problem to keep all those screens out of our homes and all those places being exposed to and tempted to it. But now it's so easy at a fingertip. It's a different world. I'm going to tell you why. You know why we're feeling so much pressure? Because the spirit of iniquity is increasing. Leaps and bounds. And the more it increases, the more pressure it's going to put on the church. But you know what? I read in the book of Acts, when you put the right kind of pressure on the church, man, it just causes it to explode. You and I have got to be willing to take on the challenge. You and I have got to be willing to say, you know what? And here's what it takes. Watch this. This is Old Testament. But what was the difference between those ten and Joshua and Caleb? What did the Bible say about them? They was of a different spirit. Holy Ghost filled people are of a different spirit. There's a different kingdom. Oh, it's by measure. It's just a down payment. We hadn't received the fullness of it. But there's something abiding in us that'll comfort us, that'll aid us, that'll help us. It's, it's been called out of darkness into his light. And we shouldn't desire and want to go back into that darkness. That's what was happening here. Trying to pressure them and force them, and they attacked Moses and Aaron to the point that even now that Joshua and Caleb wrenched their garments because they steal the people and they show them the fruit and, and they tell them, they tell them, said, Hey, 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 we can take that promised land right now. If, if God delights, if God's pleasure is, if it's God's will, hey, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid about it. Don't be fearful. And don't, please don't rebel against God. see us through hmm. pondering about those cities and places built because some people say well why in the world did they have giants over there we took giants to build those cities that God wanted to give to his people took giants amen to, build, to plant those gardens and take care of all that so God could give it to his people <laughs> little old many people couldn't do that so he took giants it took men that knew how to work Come on now. And this is a likeness, amen. And you just imagine what's laid up for us because God, that he did not leave to nobody else. And you watch this. Who taught about hell more than anybody else? It was Jesus Christ. Who going to prepare a place? It was Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm telling you the eternity that we're talking about. God didn't leave it to everybody else. Amen. The two eternities places we find more about Jesus Christ talking about it than anybody else. So, if you'll just let me for a few minutes.
I want to take us to a few scriptures. I know I hadn't really went into the lesson, some of the things. And, and uh, well, I'm going to say this. I'll probably get in trouble, but maybe not. I don't know. Here's a little things that worries me. It's in your lesson. Because we live over 3,000 years after Moses, we have the luxury of sitting in the film room. You'd have never heard that term 50 years ago. 30 years. Again, you know, people say, well, you're choking at a gnat and swallowing a camel. You think of it what you want to. But I'm telling you how the devil works. I'm telling you how he's trying to lure. You remember the little illustration I give you about the fishermen now. Real fishermen don't have just one type of bait. He does. He's after one type of fish. But that ain't the devil. He's after everybody. He's got all different types of lures and reels and, and depth finders. And if you don't respond to this, let's try this. Let's try that. I'd love to tell you, you and I are exempt from it, but we're not. No more than Jesus Christ was, was exempt if I be the Son of God. That temptation has grew so much now. Pulling in every direction that it possibly can. You don't think so? I bet you I can ask some of these elders. Did you ever dream that you'd see the day that alcohol had been sold in Loosedale? But we're there, aren't we? You know what? There's a strong possibility. You'll see it right up here in this superstore. Ah, they won't do it. I'm telling you, they will. dollar the love of money is the root it's amazing what people will do for money how far they will sell themselves for money watch this because see money bling brings pleasure pleasure makes life a little easier a little more fun Apostle Peter, his first letter, 1 Peter's 1, the first chapter. I'm going to just go down through some of it. I know my time's up, so and, and, and I'd love to go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Different areas, but, but I'm telling you where we're at. I'm telling you that's the reason we've got to be so observant. So Peter got it right. You've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to be watching. You, you, know, you just can't take... If you was walking down a path and there was a stick up there that looked like a snake, would you just walk up there without pre-knowledge? You pull up to a yard and there's two or three bulldogs standing out in the yard. Would you just jump out? That don't mean that, that you know, you don't know what's going to happen there, but they got a record. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not slashing against them or nothing like, don't no, didn't. But there's certain type of dogs. If there's a Doman Pincher in the yard, if there's a German Shepherd in the yard, if there's a, and believe it or not, believe this or not, if there's a car in the yard and bulldog, there's just certain types that they're in the yard. Hey, I'm not going to jump up out there and intimidate them and try to. They're more prone because they're geared and blooded that way 
You can't take your flesh for granted. You can't take your carnality for granted. He goes, and I'm going to try to do this quickly. Good. Blessed be the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is according to his abundance mercies, hath begotten us again unto what a lively hope by what the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This gives us hope, amen, that we can conquer death. That we can, we can come, as he goes on, he talks about it, the lively stones. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. We have not attained that yet. We're looking for it. We're hoping for it. Brother Ford mentioned hope this morning. You ever hope for something and finally attained it? Did you hope for it any longer? But until you attain it, you hope for it. We're hoping for what? A glorified body. We're hoping for a day and a time with no pains, no sorrow, no tears. We haven't attained that. And watch this. Once we attain that, that also means that the devil himself, once he's bound a thousand years in that but after he's been cast in the lake of fire, we won't have to worry about being tempted. We won't have to worry about losing it any longer. But until then, that's the reason Peter says you've got to be vigilant and you've got to be sober. That's the reason you've got to be careful not to be pulled and drawn by, by elements and substance and things of this nature, spiritually speaking as well as in the natural. There's some things, God, what's this? There's some conversations that you and I need to avoid. Not to put the pearl before the swine for them to trample it under. That's why it's important, amen, to walk in the spirit and, and to hear the voice of God, even in witnessing. Because if you're walking in the spirit, guess what? You'll witness without saying a word a lot of times. Hmm. When's the last time they come up to you and ask what casino you go to? When's the last time they come up to you? What, what's a good bar here? What do they ask? Where do you go to church at? You ain't said nothing, never seen them in all your life. And then they want to say it ain't nothing to the outward appearance and, and hold us. Duh. I don't mean that ugly, but duh. Blind it. Blind it. God of this world's blind it. But we're talking about, watch it, that fadeth not away, reserved in the heavens for you. It's reserved in the heavens for you. This is what we're trying to attain. This is the goal. This is the ultimate goal. This is what puts the drive in us sometimes, the passion in us. <laughs> you are kept by what? The power of God through faith. Why do you think the devil constantly works on your faith? If he can rob you of your faith. Unto hmm. salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time or in the end time. Wherein is he greatly rejoiced, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness, in other words, distressed times, grievous times, sacrificial times, through manifold temptations. Huh. We're not exempt from all that. We're going to be tempted. We're going to be tried. We're going to we've got to deal with life. We've got to deal with pitfalls. We've got to deal with things. And and these come from different forms and fashions. And, and, and I've mentioned several, so I'm, I'm going to just go on with some of that. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold which perished, though it be tried with fire, and though it's purified. Oh, it's reached, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to vanish. It's going to... But, but, but your faith, your faith, your walk with God, 
It's more precious. When? That be found unto praise and honor and glory at what? At the appearing of Jesus Christ. In that moment, twinkle eye, and he appears in the cloud. We sung about it. He called it in that song this morning. We're going to meet him in the cloud. In that moment. In that twinkling of an eye. He's going to bring back the spirits. He's going to resurrect those in the grave. And they're going to be caught up first. And we're going to join up with them. Who having not seen. Anybody seen Jesus? Anybody in this house? Ye loving though. In whom though we now see him not. Yet believe and yet rejoice with joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. Well that's another ingredient really concerned about is the lack of joy. Because that's where our strength is at. When I see vessels start claiming the Holy Ghost and no joy shows up, Something lacking. I tell you, you see them on the, on the road or out on the streets. They're just, nah, 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 nah. everything's just lacking. What about you got the Holy Ghost two weeks ago? It run out that quick? <laughs> I ain't being ugly. I'm just. <laughs> Where's our focus? What we're living for? Because the writer says, Rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ. That's where you can go to Romans 8. 8 9 says, Without his Spirit, you're none of his. That's not all. 6, 7, 8 of Romans would do all of us good. First chapter deals with, with why they were at, what they wound up getting caught up in through their lust and what God turned them over to. But in the 6th, 7th, and especially the 8th chapter, we begin to get the instructions from the Apostle Paul how to live this life, a man, not in the lust of it, but it's who we give ourselves, who's going to be our servant, who's going to be our master. Hey, the writer brings it out unto us. Everybody's got a cross. As Jesus had a cross, you and I have got a cross. But that's not all. He didn't leave us with that. He said nobody can serve two masters. You can't serve the world and God. You can't live a man in the world, you know, throughout the week and come in here on a Sunday. Man. I mean, it shows up. You can put on the front, but I can promise you. I'm not ugly about it. I don't come up and put an X on you. That was about as phony as it could be. About as dead. Now, you can judge me for all that you want to. I don't care. I'm not worried about that. But it's the spiritual condition of the heart and the mind that's going to make all the difference in the world. goes from that. Let's go down to the very last part of it. 13th verse. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That means to brace. That means to prepare it. Prepare it for action, for battle. The mind. 
That's the reason it's so important. Your prayer life, the Bible study, the house of God, forsaken not the same of yourself. All these things are so important. They work together hand in hand for what? The preparing of the mind, day in and day out. You never know what you're going to face tomorrow. But God does. He prepares us and He'll help us. Be sober. Hope to the end for what? The grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, we got to be obedient. As obedient to his word, to his spirit. Not fashioning. That means not conformed. Not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. When you walked in ignorance and unknowing. And don't, you know, I, I, I mentioned this to the Methodist preacher this, this last week. Brother Bobby, I said, I'm going to tell you something I said, I've never thought of except a few months ago. I said, we're in a time and generation now. I said, we've broadened the way to heaven and narrowed the way to hell. Being ugly, I wouldn't even judgmental. I'm just telling you that's where we're at. And it can't be denied. They're facing some things. And their denomination. Some very serious things. And there will be a split. Maybe they'll keep on splitting. As obedient children, not factor yourselves according to the former lust in your generation. Watch that. The generation of 50 years ago didn't walk in year the iniquity, unrighteousness. Things weren't exposed to them as they are this generation. That's one reason I don't jump on our young people so much as far as them being a bunch of whatever. No, they're exposed to so much now compared to what you was exposed to. Hmm. We got first, second, third graders exposed to things that you and I wouldn't even be exposed to in high school. Their spirits, now watch this. Not only are they exposed to it in the flesh, there's something what's driving that. So that means they're exposed to what? To the spirits of that mess. Now, this is true holiness. Because the spirit's got to be as holy as a vessel. And you and I, now watch this. You and I can't experience true grace of God without the spirit of God. You and I cannot experience or live the overcoming life without that measure of the Spirit. It's not of our own Spirit. We have to have another one. We have to have a help from somewhere else. That place happens to be heaven. That comes through none other but Jesus Christ and the preaching of the gospel. And the gospel is what? It's the good tidings, the good news. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is likened unto repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You know this. You've been taught this all your life. But now we've got to walk in that newness of life. We've got to protect it. We've got to guard it. I preached a message here a while back, guarding your anointing. The Spirit of God moved in the Old Testament to enable individuals. I'm going to tell you something. Samson wasn't some hurt. He didn't have arms as big as my waist. Read it. It was when the Spirit of God would move upon him and enable him. 
That spirit of holiness is what enables us to live a godly and holy and acceptable life. That doesn't mean we do everything perfect, but we're not servants of sin. There's a difference. That rule and reign and dominate us, or it shouldn't. It ought not. Why? Because we've got a measure of His Spirit that wars against it if we hear it and have a heart to obey it and humble ourselves and give ourselves to it. Resist the devil, submit yourself to God. It's easier said than done when these are worth vessels because they don't like it. Especially when you've been trained and taught to be independent and be your own man. Do it your own way. Well, I'm cutting in here now. The reflection of an object of this mirror. We've been warned by the writer not to look in the mirror and walk away. Our countenance. What kind of man? When the mirror reflects something to us that, hey, you need to deal with that. You know what's happening? The word's trying to reason with us to change our ways. Because there's a price tag with that. And it's a permanent separation from God. That's the reason we've got to have that second breath. First breath was on Adam. He became a living soul. Second breath came through the second Adam called Jesus Christ with quickening spirit. And when he prophesied unto them and breathed upon them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's that measure of the Spirit of God. That's the down payment. That's the earnest. And with that breath, and his Romans and I won't go there. Time won't allow me. You could stand. Romans the 8th chapter gives us so much information of how to walk, how to live, what spirit to give ourselves to. Can I say this? And you can't do it with a prayerless life. I can't do it with a prayerless life. I can't do it without studying and reading the Word of God, without loving it, without reminding me. Help me, God, not to let it slip. Help us to remember. And sometimes it's in the struggle and the battle. It's when it's the hardest to remember and to recall it. Causes so much that's bombarded your mind and your heart and spirit at those moments and times. What about it today? A reflection of holiness. I know there's a lot here that I didn't really get to touch, maybe.
Would you and I just take a moment this, this morning? You know what we need more than anything else in every service? is His presence. It's His presence that makes all the difference in the world. From the beginning and to the end. It's His touch. It's His hand. It's, it's His voice that rings out into our heart, our minds, and our spirit. You don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but He does. And if we'll just take a moment now, why don't we with honesty and sincerity? And you can come to the altar if you like. These altars are open. This is an area that maybe we need to work on a little bit. We're so subject and prone to, hey, we, 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 got, to, we, we got so many things going on and to do. And even on Sundays, we do good to get to church and get our minds on God and get back Sunday night. And, and you watch the pressure. Even among the Pentecostals, they want to cut it down. Just about cut midweek service out. Now they want to cut it down to just a Sunday. One service. Or maybe two services, but all in one setting. If we don't have time for God, then please tell me what we got time for. Nothing is more important than the condition of our souls. Nothing. I know it bombards us. I know it gets a hold of us. But I'm telling you, nothing is more important. Regardless of how bad you've been offended or hurt, regardless of your circumstance in life, being right with God is the most important thing. That's the reason the Apostle Peter on the first message ever preached to us said, save yourself from this untoward generation. Now you can only imagine his generation compared to ours. We're living in America. This is what's happening. America's been taught to repent, make confession, but without receiving the power and the authority through the Spirit and taking on the name. And so now that they cleanse themselves with true repentance, but never filled with truth. That unclean spirit made a journey through the desert. It's made its back to way to empty earthen vessels. But it didn't come by itself. When it found it empty and nothing there to keep him from coming back. He goes and gathers up seven more. Brings them back. What makes them so much more the twofold child of hell? It's when one thinks they've got it. And they don't. There's no greater deception than that. To believe you're a millionaire, but don't have a plug nickel to prove it. To believe you're going to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. But he never knew you. Hey, this thing is serious. It's a lot more serious than what even we sometimes as Pentecostals, we're not careful, we're subject to let it slip by. So let's just pray a minute. Let's just talk to you. You don't have to be loud. You can just, what's comfortable with you. But let's just take a moment and make this a personal thing. God, I want to be the reflection of your holiness. Not when I get up there, but here. The grace of God 
It's what gives us the power to live a, a godly life in this ungodly world. It's too many have been taught the wrong direction, the wrong timing, the wrong season. It's now by His grace. Paul said, I am what I am by His grace. We're here by His grace. We're accomplishing and overcoming the devil and all those things by His grace. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. God, we ask for your presence. We ask for your anointing. We ask for your touch, God, in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. God, we're nothing without you. You taught us that. You're the vine, we're the branches. If the branch gets cut off, it'll die, die alone. God, you help us to stay connected. You help us, God, to stay plugged in. You help us to stay prayed up. You help us, God, to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith and full of wisdom. You help us be full of the love of God. You help us show the love of the Father by the power of the Holy Ghost. You help us, God, have the joy unspeakable and full of glory bubbling in our hearts. You help us, God, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Amen. Unto a dying and a lost world. You help us walk in the Spirit. You help us walk in the light. You help us not to be deceived, God. You help us not to be lured out of your purpose and calling in our hearts, our lives, and our souls. I pray for every soul, God, in this sanctuary. I pray for every soul of this church, God. I pray for the souls in this community, God. The souls that want to be saved. The souls that want to be delivered. The souls that want to know you and the power of your word and the fellowship of your suffering, God. Help us, God, to bear that. Help us not to long to backslide. Help us not to want to go back to beggar elements, but help us, God, amen, to press on and to press forward and to walk in the love of God and the Holy Ghost and the umps and the power thereof. God kept us being endued with that power from on high. Every song that we sing, every message that we preach, every opportunity we get, God, as individuals and as a church to witness and be a testimony, God, of your greatness and your loving kindness has been bestowed upon us. All the glory, all the praise, all the honor is going to be lifted to none other but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Tear down God. Break every chain, God. Tear down every petition and wall, God, that causes division. But help us be, build, God, the walls of faith and build the walls of commitment and build the walls of, of holiness and righteousness that's upright and pleasing in your sight. Help us work on our personal relationship with you, God, to know you on the personal realms. Hallelujah. To know you in the personal way, God, that you want us to know you. That we can walk, God, even if we had to walk through the deserts and we seem like we're all alone, but you're with us. You'd walk with us, you'd speak to us, you'd, you'd comfort us and guide us. Help us, God, upon this earth, the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the only wise God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Walk with us, talk with us, guide us, let us help us to fulfill the call of God in our lives. For we want to hear you say, Well done. We want to be your servants, God. We don't want to be servants of sin. We want to be servants of God, servants of holiness and righteousness, separation, sanctified, justified by you, giving you all the glory and praise and honor for all of it. In that precious name of Jesus. Don't miss the opportunities that may come. You never know. You may not get another one. Take advantage of it. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.